Hello there, you're listening to the Park Crush Podcast. This is a Theme Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me from across town is Josh. Hello there. <laughs> How's it going, Josh? Uh, it's great. Uh, well, How's... yeah, it's good. As, as good as it can be, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. We're taking all necessary precautions. Yeah, you've got to self-isolate. Uh, you, you do indeed. We're, we're working from home and yes. very encouraged by the government's announcement yesterday that they're going to be paying 80% of the Park Crush team's wages. Yeah, I'm very, very proud about that. Yeah, very, very grateful for that as well because, you know, the wages are high. Park yes. Crush is a very well-paying organisation. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we we carry on as we promised we would last week. But I guess for the foreseeable future, we'll be recording over this, uh, or, or talking at least, over this fancy software known as, uh, is it Skype? Oh, the, um, the most futuristic of technologies. Absolutely. And I think last time I used to record a podcast remotely, we were still on the old uh, cup and string method. So it really (laughs) has come a long way. It really has come a long way. But uh, yes, I hope everyone out there is staying safe and staying healthy. Um, Obviously, since last week, all of the theme parks seemingly in the world have shut, although as far as I understand it, you might know better than me because I think you're the one who made me aware of this. Alton Towers and Thorpe Park still somewhat optimistically insisting that they will be open at the end of this month. Yes, uh, they haven't. Uh, uh, they haven't changed this status since um, Boris came out and said, you know, pubs and clubs were telling you to be shut. So I don't know if that's going to change now. Um, but yeah, as of the beginning of the week, they were very, very like, yeah, we're still going to be opening. Um, if you buy a day ticket, we'll turn it into an annual pass. That's that's not a bad deal. Yeah, I think uh, officially a day ticket is fifty quid ish. So it's not terrible, right? Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. I guess if you're looking for a a potentially uh, good route to an annual pass at Thorpe Park and Alton Towers, booking a day ticket, knowing full well that it probably won't happen, might not be a terrible idea. No, exactly. But uh, it's better than paying out for the Merlin annual pass, which is like. 250 quid Jesus yeah it does yeah. get your access I mean, to everything not oh what sort of like London Dungeon and stuff like that yeah SeaWorld uh, was it Sea Life Centres um... <laughs> SeaWorld a really <laughs> random addition <laughs> goes to all these UK attractions and SeaWorld and SeaWorld I think there is a uh, Merlin uh, like international pass global pass that gets you into all of the Lego lands right um as well as all of the quite, UK parks. Uh, that's quite cool. Yeah. The international Legoland tour. But, um, yeah. Uh, I'm hoping, by the way, that audio quality is all fine and dandy. We are both recording individually whilst also talking over Skype, just, uh, again, as part of this brave new future that we are embarking on together. Uh, it's, it's quite extraordinary stuff, I have to say. Um but yeah, uh, this week, we did mention last week that we were sort of saving some news about the upcoming Marvel attractions at Disney's California Adventure. We, we sort of suggested we might talk about that. We left it off the agenda last week because 
uh, of the coronavirus, meaning that there was plenty of other news to talk about. But uh, we've had a change of heart, Josh. Yeah. Uh, we thought a lot of people might be feeling a little a little down. You don't have to uh, go too far on uh, Twitter or, you know, Walt Disney World and Universal subreddits and things like that to find plenty of people who have had to cancel upcoming trips because, of course, uh, they're not recommended to travel and obviously all the parks have shut, including myself. No. I also can't go. It's uh, it's sad times at the uh, not El Royale, but yes. it is sad times anyway. Uh, it's probably sad times at the El Royale also. Well, I imagine uh, so, the uh, it's shut. Well, yes, that's a good point. Uh, yes, there can't really be any emotions in a place that is shut. I, I would imagine Disney just sort of, I don't know, you know that, that account on Twitter, um, Bio Reconstruct, which is famed for taking aerial sort of drone shots of the theme parks to yes. give people some idea of yeah. the progress on new rides and things. I'd imagine if if you sent that drone up, it would look really weird right now at all I of those parks. I don't think it's a drone, is it? It's um, an aeroplane flying. Oh, is it not? Oh, Oh, I didn't realise that. Or a helicopter. Yeah, I think so. Huh, fair enough. So you can't take the photos because um, uh, advise not to fly. It's true. It's very true. Uh, but as far as I know, um, at least as of this week, uh, construction has been continuing on certain projects at those parks. I think the, uh, specifically the Jurassic Park coaster, which we spoke about with Alicia Stella a couple of weeks ago, uh, construction has continued on that ride despite the park being shut. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I know the US is not banned, I think, but heavily suggested you avoid gatherings of more than 10 people. So I don't know <laughs> how many people are able to work on that ride at one time uh, and have it still be productive. But anyway... Uh, the plan today instead is to talk about ways in which you can bring the theme park magic home. Maybe having withdrawal symptoms and wondering when will I next be able to experience the sights, smells and sounds of Main Street USA or, uh, or wherever else you may well enjoy being at theme parks. So yeah, we, we sort of assembled a list of uh, that was a really fudged second part of a sentence yeah, that that's what didn't told. didn't need to continue I continued a sentence that had already run its course yeah and 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 went down a uh, went down and hit a wall I almost did it again there yeah um, you sound so very yeah, much we, like Boris Johnson <laughs> I, I do I do yes yeah uh, it's not just the haircut it's the general demeanour uh, but yes uh, we've assembled a list of uh, ways in which you can sort of rekindle some of the theme park magic at home. And Josh, I'm going to let you take this first one. Oh, Go for it. Oh, thanks very much. Um, so something that I have done kind of since we cancelled our uh, trip to Japan is... Too uh, soon, Josh. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, We've li- been flying home this weekend. Yeah, we'd be on the plane right now, I guess. Because we'd be getting home. I think we, we would can, have. It would be, yeah. We we would have landed about one-ish, I think, UK time. So something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, alas. Uh, Indeed. Since that time, uh, I've been listening to a number of 
playlists on Spotify. Specifically, oh yes, uh, Disney related. Nice. Yep. Um, I have. Let me see here. Uh, four Disney related ones. Well, I guess five in a way because I also have uh, an awesome mix on here as well. But I guess it's a, that's an album, right? But um, I have awesome mix volume. Awesome one. mix. Oh, the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. Yeah, the soundtrack. Yes. Right. Um, but on here, I have um, a couple of playlists. One is called Disney Parks by the Lost Bros. Uh, I don't know why okay. the lo- by, by the Lost Bros. Um, there's probably some, some reference in there. Um, but it's created by a guy called Cody Michael Topola. Um, and that's got all, basically all the songs that I can remember from uh, Disney World or Disneyland, maybe. Does that include like ambient music from just when you're walking around, the music you'd hear? Uh, yes. Yeah, so the got, background um, music of each land and stuff like that. Yeah, so uh, it opens with uh, Walt Disney's dedication of Disneyland. So it's a, a spoken piece by Walt himself. Oh. Uh, and then it has a, then it goes kind of through uh, Main Street songs. Uh, and then onto, I think it's, it's Disneyland based rather than Disney World based, this. Um, and then goes on to uh, various songs from various different uh, rides, um, and uh, it's got um, it's got a couple of others on there. So, like, so it's got Flight of Passage on here. It's got Pandora on here. Uh, it has um, Impressions de France and Canada. You're a lifetime journey uh, from Epcot. I- I, I much enjoyed, I much enjoyed the, the soaring track. Yeah, the soaring track. The soaring track is on here as well. Um, Phantasmic <laughs> is also on here as well. Yeah, I was just going to say because what currently stands to be, I don't know about you, but for me at least, my final social outing before this all blows over. Uh, my final social outing currently stands to be a trip to the cinema to see Vin Diesel in Bloodshot. Bloodshot. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I, I deserve to die of coronavirus, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> but, um, yes, when you uh, when you pulled up outside... Uh, oh, of course. In your, in your Swish BMW... Uh, the track that was on when I got into the car was Soaring, yes. which I very much appreciated. Although it was a bit soon, I still felt a little bit fragile yeah. and emotional. That day was pretty much the day you cancelled or you resigned yourself to not go to Florida, right? So, Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. I, I was fully expecting it to be uh, off by that point anyway, but yeah, that was the day that it kind of final nail in the coffin pretty much. Sad times. So, I mean, technically speaking, the flight is still on the timetable as yeah. far as British Airways are concerned. <laughs> I've been very optimistic. But, uh, yeah, speaking of optimism, I, I, I don't suppose it will be too much longer before companies like Disney and Universal hold their hands up and say, yeah, we're not going to reopen at the end of March or, or beginning of April. That would seem kind yeah. of crazy i know we said at the time yeah that seems unrealistic and yeah the way things are going it would seem even more so at this point and i feel like the easy the earlier you say that the better the messaging is on that 
because you're not leaving it late so then people can like cancel holidays and that sort of thing a lot better yeah exactly uh yeah for sure um i mean there have been some uh, this, these are all sort of unsu- unsubstantiated rumors but they they would make a degree of sense in being that even if disney hopes to reopen at some point in the next few weeks or months uh they are maybe resigned to epcot just kind of staying shut um because they would probably anticipate low crowds anyway if they were to reopen anytime soon. And obviously with large parts of Epcot being under construction right now, maybe it would make sense for them just to keep that shut. And if anything, it might make that whole project speed up a bit if they just were to keep it shut, even if the others did reopen at maybe a reduced capacity. Yeah, it makes sense. But... Like like you say, I think they're all going to remain shut for the foreseeable future. I think the the change since last week is that not only are the parks shut, but places like Disney Springs and Downtown Disney and Disney Village and Universal City Walk and all those kinds of places are also now shut as well. Yes. Uh, there has been some controversy about exactly how staff are being treated. We had, there was that big furore about the college program kids. All getting sent home being rather unceremoniously dumped yeah uh which was not cool to see but um what exactly the situation is at some of the other parks i'm not too sure well it wouldn't be disney if they didn't treat their staff like garbage oh well controversial statement well it's not really is it but uh i guess we'd we need to seek a right a right of reply if you're going to make such accusations josh well, I don't think it's an accusation when there's evidence that staff are living in their cars. <laughs> uh, I don't true. know if it's liable if it's fact, right? Uh, I, I guess, I, well, let's let's maybe not open this particular can of worms, <laughs> but I don't know. At least back in the day when it came to sleeping in cars, they I think I'm pretty sure they let the staff just sleep in the Mr. Toad Wild Ride. <laughs> But uh, I don't know if that's still the case. Well, clearly that's not the case. Unless they've still got the Mr. Toad cars somewhere in storage. <laughs> just like, just uh, they put beds in them and... Uh... They probably wouldn't have even done that, let's, mm, let's face yeah, it. That's, yeah, that's probably your dream, though, uh, right? If you could have your bed uh, be the car from Mr. Toad Wild Ride. But like, put uh, a yeah, bed I, in it, I, like a like I'll, race car I'll, bed I'll, that you get. <laughs> yeah, I would not complain. That would be pretty cool. Uh any other playlists on your list there? You've mentioned a few Disney ones. What about Universal? Which I guess is slightly... I don't know if there's as much unique park music at Universal. It's probably mostly just uh, movie soundtracks and things. But uh, have you been listening to any movie scores? Those, those I, I sort of, at this point, uh, associate a lot of movie soundtracks with theme parks just as much as I do with the actual movies themselves. Uh, especially stuff like Back to the Future and some of that sort of more classic Universal stuff. Uh, well, so I've, I I have been listening to the Spider Man Into the Spider Verse uh, album. Oh yeah, which uh, I very much very, like. It's very good. Yep, um, but not really theme park related, I guess. But it's uh, you know Spider Man, Spider Man. Um, he does whatever a spider can. Is what yeah. I've heard. But same, um, and so do I. Hmm. Um, yeah uh, so nothing like that obviously th- there's uh, occasionally I will hum the Jaws theme tune or the, the, the I don't know it's the theme tune right it's the the most famous sure. everyone knows what you mean yes um, yeah 
Uh, and and occasionally I'm reminded when I'm watching the uh, Boris Johnson press conferences of his statement from 2007. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you might want to uh, explain. Because <laughs> I, 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 I sent it to you and you quite rightly asked if it was real. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Uh, so it was back in 2007 when he, just before he was uh, looking to become mayor of London, uh, he said that his favourite character from Jaws was the mayor who uh, kept the beaches open in spite of um, all the chaos and the, uh, you know, Brody demanding that the beach be closed and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Purely for uh, economic reasons. So if Jaws, sorry, if Boris Johnson in the current coronavirus situation, certainly until yesterday anyway, if he's the Jaws mayor, yeah. who is Brody? Who is Brody? Um Uh, I guess that would be, um, is it Ferguson, the uh, guy at Imperial College? (laughs) Yeah, quite possibly. Um, possibly. He's he's doing a lot of research. Yeah, and then there's uh, the professor who you think is kind of a a bit of a hypochondriac. Yes. He he does look like he's... um, it looks like he's got a tough job. Let's let's be fair, let's be fair to him. Um, it, the stress shows, is what you're saying. Yes. Uh, yeah. Cool. Well, I, I would certainly agree on the uh, the theme park music. That is a a good way to put yourself in a in a happy place. So for, what is your sort of if you could pick one theme park track to sort of soundtrack your day? Uh, what would it be? Mine would be the um, port of a port of entry, call to adventure, sort of main islands of adventure. Oh, uh, that's good. That theme. is a good one. Yeah, um, I am a big fan of um, the Epcot entrance music. Okay, nice good choice. Um, but I'm also a big fan. I, I always come back to um, Splash Mountain. Ah, uh, yes, yes, that's nice. I mean the uh, the little coronavirus song that uh, I've formulated with my sister. You did say uh, when I was reciting it to you so wonderfully on the Xbox that it did remind you of a song you might have heard in a Disney movie. Yes, yeah, definitely. You could imagine those Splash Mountain critters, <laughs> <laughs> the animatronics, singing along. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, oh, imagine that, um, like in the uh, the tiki rooms. Moving on, Josh. I've Moving got on. an entry here on the list. Ooh. I think you should maybe surround maybe surround yourself as maybe a bit strong, but remind yourself perhaps uh, brush off the various souvenirs and gifts that you may have purchased at the theme parks over the years during various trips. Uh, I'm reminded every Christmas when we get the Christmas decorations out of the uh, loft uh, of all the or or, or the attic of uh, of various Florida holidays, because a number of our Christmas decorations uh, have been bought over the years at the Christmas shop in Disney Springs and also the Christmas shop in Islands of Adventure. Uh, so yeah some of those date back a really long way but i've got kind of i've got silly merchandise scattered all over the place that has uh, that i have amassed from the various 
Florida parks and often remind me of my uh, enjoyable days out. Uh, have you got any in particular that you? Is any, I know caps obviously are maybe the key hallmark of any good Josh holiday. Yes. Uh, have you got any caps that make you think particularly of the theme parks? Um, well, so obviously I have um, very specific caps, like I got a Disneyland Paris. Um, anniversary one uh, got an MGM Studios slash Hollywood Studios uh, anniversary oh. one as well uh, last year uh, the one that actually always gets me is the the one my dad has um, because it's a replacement for the one that he lost on Splash Mountain um, that's that's funny because my mum lost a hat on the log flume at Bush Gardens oh really it flew off on the final drop and uh got caught in the in the uh the, the track for lack of a better word you could see it when we got off the ride and went round <laughs> and we're watching other people on it you could see it sort of caught and wedged and just constantly getting battered by the water but oh, no. not really moving because it was like hooked on the edge of the of the track or whatever yeah uh yeah, I I don't know. I I bought a pretty cool Spider-Man cap at Islands of Adventure when I was a kid. It was sort of done up like it wasn't really um evocative of anything at the theme park in particular. It was just like a collage of famous Spider-Man comic book covers. Uh, okay, so yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool. And my sister had a Woody Woodpecker hat that was a staple of Florida trips for years. And uh, I don't know where that is, if that is, uh, is that still in the house somewhere or if it's been lost to time. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I thought that was, um, yeah, if, if anyone's got any sort of theme park, little figurines or anything else that are kind of dotted around the house, I, catching, I our, a... catching those is always, gives you a nice reminder, I find, of, of, of your time at the parks. I have a little treasure trove of uh, photos back in the day before anyone had any decent cameras on them. Um, so you right. had to buy the on-ride photos. Oh yeah. Um, so I have a couple. Of, I have some of them um, in the back of the drawer, just uh, for rainy days. <laughs> Does like really emotional music play in your head when you look at them? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, um, they're predominantly uh, from uh, UK parks though. So um, like uh, Nemesis at Alton Towers, Air at Alton Towers, um, Nemesis Inferno at uh, Thought Park uh, and Saw and Stealth also at Thought Park. We've got our sort of go-to, what's become our sort of go-to ride photo to buy sort of every few years to kind of chart how we've changed is the Jurassic Park one because the first one we ever got was absolutely hilarious because it's my mum and dad uh, and then me and my sister, so I probably would have been about maybe seven is that one my sister would you have that one framed right yeah they're dotted around in different rooms in the house and this one is like i like i say i'll be about seven my sister would therefore be about like four or five or something and uh yeah we're both absolutely terrified and they're just buried in our like parents laps like you can't really see our faces yeah Um, i've seen that just looking very distressed and then there's another one from like a few years later where my sister still looks a bit distressed, but is at least looking. Uh, and I'm trying to keep my hat from falling off because this was before the days where they were super strict about hats. 
yes. and just allowed you to embrace your inner Indiana Jones. So it's me sort of holding on to my hat. Which is the best way I find. Yes. Uh, and then there's another one from an, uh, another few years after that where we're all sort of hamming it up for the camera. Uh, and then rather tragically, there's uh, a fourth one, which is just my mum and dad because it was from last year's holiday. Was it last year? 20, yeah, 2019. Um, where, by which point me and my sister, because it was quite a truncated, weird, tr- weirdly organised trip. Uh, my sister and I had already gone home by that point. So it was... So it's just there. So it's just, if you, if you chart the Jurassic Park holidays, it basically looks like my sister and I have died. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's a bit sad to look at them in a in a row, but thankfully they're all sort of scattered about in different places. Oh, thank God. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, the, the the only other thing now this isn't particularly a. Uh, uh, from a theme park necessarily but one of the christmas gifts i bought uh, f- for just for kind of the, the the house last year was a, a what claimed to be anyway and it turned out to be pretty good was a scented candle which oh, was meant yeah. to smell like the etq yes and I, I uh, that is still one. going strong i i got one for my mum for uh I guess her birthday last year, or it was part of her birthday last year. Um, and it was um, the orange groves from Soarin' over California. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Which Very is cool. Soarin', uh, one of my mum's favourite rides, probably the favourite ride of my mum's. Um, and in particular, she loves the uh, smell of the oranges when you fly over the orange groves. So, Yeah. Yeah, the the ET candle is pretty good actually. I got it from Etsy, uh, from from I think a seller in New York, and it shipped in really good time and wasn't uh, wasn't extortionate at all in terms of postage. So um, and yeah, like I say, it it wasn't it wasn't spot on, uh, but it was uh, evocative. I would say of the ET ride at the very least, and it smelled nice at the end of the day, which. You know, regardless of what the smell is, if it smells nice, that's kind of what you want from a scented candle. But uh, yeah, it was it was cool. Uh, maybe I'll pop a link in the in the show notes or something. But uh, to, to that to that candle, yeah, I got mine from uh, the Magic Candle Company. So it's magic magiccandlecompany dot com. Oh, nice! And they have yeah, so it's like a yeah, they're very specific dedicated like, store. Yeah, so they have some. You know, so they're one of the ones they're advertising right now is called Pirate Life. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Very cool. Got, Do you uh, think they sell one, anyone sells one of what it's like when you get, when you get put in Maggie's mouth on the Simpsons ride? Oh, God. <laughs> I hope not. I, I think what would be a good centre candle as well is the Beauty and the Beast uh, dinner scene in Mickey's Philo Magic. Oh, yeah. That's a good shout. Which smells amazing. Yeah. These... I mean, I'm, this is, we're not paid, I'm definitely not paid by a Magic Candle Company, but they've currently got um, one for, called Banshee Flight, which is obviously from Avatar. Oh, yeah. Um, and they have, I couldn't tell you what the Avatar ride smelt like other than sort of sweat. Yeah. Um, and they've got, the, they've got them for the hotels as well, so the contemporary, the Polynesian, that sort of thing. Very nice. Yeah. So that's magiccandlecompany.com. Yeah. I might have to have a look. And that they ship from the US, I assume. Yes, I think you'll have to pay uh, over here. You have to pay customs charges, but um, when it gets it was to the worth country, it. yeah, I think so. 
And they cool. do like sprays um, and um, like different. It's not just candles. They do. They do um, like um, frag like uh, the fragrance things that you hang from your rearview mirror in the car. Oh yeah. Um, they do th- kind of all different things like that. I'm surprised that the parks don't embrace this market themselves. Uh, you know, if Universal were to sell a scented candle and say, no, this actually is the ET smell, uh, yeah. people um, would buy that. I think, well, I think Disney buys it from a sp- from a company. They work with a company to cust- to make these smells, but obviously in great vast uh, versions of it that can be pumped in um, as a, mm. as a fragrance, so like as, so it gets like atomized and that sort of thing. So I don't know. It's probably a lot of work that that company would have to do to then, you know, turn these into the uh, products to be sold. And whether there's profit in them or not is different for for a large firm like that doing it large scale compared to a you know small company on Etsy or Magic Candle Company that is doing it kind of small numbers. Yeah, S- scale of economics yeah. It certainly is. Uh, I'm just nodding and pretending to understand. Uh, next on the list, Josh, it's an entry from your fine self, oh, books, books, which yep. we sort of teased a bit because we, we've done various series over the course of this podcast. We've looked back on theme park movies. We're currently looking back on theme park video games and down the track, no pun intended, and we may well get to this sooner than anticipated <laughs> because we like to space these things out, but obviously the theme park news agenda is going to be very dry for uh, quite some time, one would imagine, and we certainly won't be doing any trip reports. So, uh, yeah, we may get to our theme park or book series uh, at some point, but I guess you could consider this uh, as a little uh, look ahead to that. Yeah, a little um, teaser. You've got some theme park books, Josh, that you recommend people maybe take a look at during this yeah, so, tough um, time. The first one that I really like is um, John Ward, the uh, is uh, Find Fire. What's it called now? I've forgotten it already. Um, it's on my Kindle, so it's not. Uh, is it like Finding My Nemesis? Yeah, something like that. that. I'm going to Google it now because I should have done this beforehand. But You really should have. And now everybody can hear your excessively loud mechanical keyboard. Yes. I hope you're happy. Sorry, folks. Um, yeah, no. That's... I'll, ki- I'll kill time. Sorry. It's all right. Um, uh, Creating yeah. my own nemesis. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, okay. by John Wardley. Um, it's available in paperback and Kindle edition on Amazon Prime or Amazon. Uh, yeah, I really like that book. I think it seems like it's self-published um, because of you know it's got it's using uh, word art from power, power, um, publisher and that sort of thing for the uh, front cover. Um, but it's really interesting. Oh, uh, John Wardley, uh, I don't know uh, if you don't know, basically helped invent the UK theme park industry. Um, yeah, built he's worked with uh he worked at Alton Towers, Salt Park, all kind of all the greats really over here. Uh Nemesis, uh Oblivion Air. Uh all f- for like they're kind of the big names that like, back when he was like properly working on them, he's kind of gone above that, so other people work on that stuff kind of as he's kind of moved away from it, but he's also worked on things more recently as well, like thirteen. Uh, Alton Towers. Uh, he's also worked on things for Madden Two Swords and James Bond, um, 
And so it's, it's a really James interesting Bond. book. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you remember, there's a scene in Live and Let Die where uh, the table fall, uh, lowers into the ground. No. Um, well, so there's a scene where Roger Moore's sitting at the table and lowers into the ground and then uh, the floor then uh, moves back into place above him. All right. And that was all practical effects, so it actually happened. Um, but it ha- the floor had to move back, like, basically as soon as it cleared Roger Moore's head. Um, yeah. And Roger Moore basically said, um, I'll do it if you do it. So John Morley had to do it. Um, and then as soon as he did that, Roger Moore was like, yeah, okay, cool, done. And, like, just did it straight off the bat, first take. Excellent. Yeah, so there's some really interesting stories like that in there. It's really cool. And he took those acquired skills from the movie industry into the realm of theme parks. Yeah, so he he built that. He helped build that practical effect for Live and Let Die. So uh, yeah, cool. Uh, any other theme park books yes. on your on your recommended list? Yeah, sure is. Um, I should have got these over as well, but I didn't. Um, so I'll move over to my uh, book shelf. Um, let Look me at this see. nerd with his physical books. I know, right? Uh, I I've have... always been intrigued by that enormous Mickey Mouse book that you've got, which I don't know. I don't think that's strictly theme park related. It's not. Uh, it's ridiculous. It is big. enormous. You could kill a man with that thing. Yeah, uh, you'd have to try and lift it first. It's insane. Mm. Um, but that's all about the history of um, Mickey Mouse, all the way from when he was first drawn, and you got Steamboat Willie and that sort of thing, all the way through. Um, I've then got uh, one which is kind of the it's basically maps of the theme parks. Um, oh yeah, through time uh, and kind of concept theme parks and that sort of thing. Um, What's that one called? That one is called. I have to take my headphones off to read it. One sec. Look at this loser! He doesn't even have wireless headphones. That one is called uh, Maps of the Disney Parks. Oh, okay, yep, straight to the point. Probably yeah, could have guessed sense. that one without having to go and look at it. <laughs> yeah, uh, so just wanted to make sure. Uh, and then I've got another one called uh, Walt Disney's Disneyland uh, by Chris Nichols, which is all about Disneyland in particular and all the struggles uh, had to go through for them. They're very much coffee book, coffee book, coffee table books. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by a coffee table book? Um so, coffee table books are kind of books that you put on the coffee table in your living room, <laughs> uh, and they kind of show off um, the type of person that you are. Yeah, they're kind of talking pieces, I guess. Right. So you ne- you'd never actually read them. Uh, I haven't read them yet, but mainly because I've got a backlog of books to read. Um, right. But yeah, you, you would you wouldn't necessarily read them regularly, but they they've got like nice photos in them and. Um, interesting tidbits in them and that sort of thing. Cool. I, I've also heard really good things, and I'm sure there's plenty of, although it's not strictly related to theme parks, I'm sure there's plenty of theme park tidbits in it. I've heard really good things about Bob Iger's book. Oh, okay, yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> that might be worth that might be worth giving a go uh, uh, during this yeah. time. Um, and Mr. Ben um, also has uh, read Coastal 101 by Nick Weisenberger, which is all about coasters. Um, and The Haunted Mansion by Jason Sorrell, um, which is all about Haunted Mansion, obviously. Um, yeah. So they'd be worth reading as well, I thought. Oh, did Ben send those in via email? He did. Um, he sent them in uh, a couple of weeks ago. 
All right, fair enough. Uh, Well, yeah, if you want to get in touch with the show, we did do a call to arms on Twitter and we did get a response from Mr. Ben. (laughs) But if you want to email the show as well, you can do so. It's podcast at parkrush.com. I guess moving on, Ben's suggestion on Twitter was, in fact, a video game, which is... uh, all well and good because uh, video games was something that I had put on my list. Ben uh, specifically recommends Planet Coaster, yeah, uh, which like I guess is kind of a spiritual successor to Roller Coaster Tycoon Three. Three. Yeah, Roller Coaster Tycoon Three is a game that I've been playing a lot of the last two weeks because obviously. Uh, we were due to be in Japan these last two weeks, and uh, I was not able to get my uh, leave back. God, Did you try again? God damn it, Siri. Um, <laughs> I, I was unable to get my leave back, so I've just been at home these last two weeks, not even working from home, apart from today, obviously. This is very important work that we're doing of course, there. Yeah. So I've spent a lot of time playing video games. It's been great, like a, it's like a half-term throwback. And uh, yeah, Rollercoaster Tycoon 3 has taken up a lot of my time. Uh, I have been playing it uh, a lot. I started a theme park and kind of finished it, to be honest. It's uh, I, I was I was kind of inspired by by what in my head uh, the London Resort could look like. I looked at the most recent map that the uh, resort company has put out as as their sort of vision for the park and and to an extent took that and ran with it so uh, it's got a kind of main street equivalent which is named high street of course, of course. which is uh kind of uh what i would view as uh the, the quintessential british high street in its in it more of its heyday so i haven't just put loads of i I guess if i wanted to be truly authentic i could have put down loads of food shops and then just closed them (laughs) but left left them there unstaffed and not replace them with anything and just have a just have rows of empty shops put a big sign over it saying coming soon tesco's yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's kind of your entrance way to the park. And then it kind of splits off all over the place. So I've done like a sci-fi land where and I, I've put like a fair amount of effort into, which is not something I ever used to do when I played Road Coast Tycoon as a kid. It wasn't, I didn't really have the patience to do this. But on this occasion, I've got a lot of free time, Josh. Uh, yes. I have uh, themed the land a great deal. So that everything down to kind of the terrain, to the pathways, the signs everywhere, etc. Lots of trees and foliage and stuff and uh, making sure that every land feels very self-contained and uh, uh, immersive. So... Uh, I've got a sci-fi area. I've got a sort of a jungle area. Uh, I've got a wild west area. I've got a um, uh, like a horror spooky area. Uh, throughout the kind of main sort of the bit that kind of comes off of the high street into a slightly more generic, just sort of day outy theme park area, which isn't themed specifically there are some sort of transport rides in that part like a uh, a viewing tower and a, a train ride and a sky ride as well which goes around the entire park which is quite cool uh, there are some animal enclosures in various lands uh, depending on the theming so there is uh, there are horses in the wild west zone uh there are uh what's in the jungle zone i think there are zebra and 
something else. Nice. But um, yeah, I have I've kind of gone to town on Roller Coaster Tycoon Three in the last two weeks. I have played more of that game in the last two weeks than I have probably since I was at school. So that's been good fun. Uh, any uh, theme park video games in particular that you've been? Um, I guess uh, the one that I indulging uh, in. I haven't. I I've got a backlog as uh, of everything. Uh, unsurprisingly, um, work gets in the way. Uh, so I've been playing, but through, no longer, no longer. Yes, um, I've been playing through uh, Wolfenstein Two, which is obviously not theme park related. Uh, no, but uh, Parkitect is my probably the one that I want to get back into. Um, oh yeah, I really like. I, I watch a YouTube channel called uh, Silverette, um, who does. Uh, well, I watch the Planet Coaster and the Parkitect videos. Um, but Silver also did some of the. He helped design some of the scenarios in the campaign for Parkitect. Um, oh, cool! But he does uh, videos on each campaign. Uh, sorry, each scenario, um, and they're really cool. And they just make me want to get back into the game. Uh, so yeah, um, that's kind of one of the other things around video games is that if you don't necessarily have a PC that can run them, or um, you can't get them, uh, or you, you're not very good at them, or something like that. Uh, YouTube channels like Silverette uh, are really kind of cool way of uh, experiencing those things. Yeah, definitely. Um, if it is sort of, uh, if you're worried at all about maybe not having a games console or a particularly powerful PC, I guess the one thing, if you want to indulge in some ThinkBot video games, the one good thing about them is that a lot of them are old yes. or older yeah. and therefore will run on uh, any modern machine really even if it's not designed to play video games you know you you've got you know a fairly recent macbook or something along those lines that you wouldn't necessarily have bought for games there's every chance it will play uh parkitect and roller coaster tycoon 3 uh for example um so yeah yeah parkitect is obviously a more recent game but it's very evocative of rct2 that game could probably run on a toaster uh, yeah. and Older games like RCT three should obviously run fine as well. I mean, the version of the version, sorry, of RCT three that I am currently playing is from the Mac App Store. It's optimized really well. I can pump it up to some to the highest set. I'm on an iMac, a fairly specced up iMac, but um, for context. But yeah, I can even on that kind of machine. A lot of video games don't run particularly brilliantly because they're not well optimized for Mac. But yeah, I've had no issue with RCT three. I've pumped all the settings right up, and it runs really nice. Nice. Um, you can get it on Google Games do, as well and Steam as well, I believe. Uh, you couldn't get it on Steam. Uh, it seems like it, it, oh, there okay. is still a page for it on Steam, but you cannot buy it. And huh. it seems like the license expired about a year ago, which is why I ended up buying it on the Mac Shame. App Store. I, I had looked for it on Steam, but... Um, Unfortunately, yeah. If you do have a console, there are options as well because obviously these kind of games aren't traditionally console games, but um, there's uh, Scream Ride on the Xbox One. There's Disneyland Adventures on the Xbox One. So if you literally want to go to Disneyland in some form, maybe that's worth a look. We will get to all of these as part of our theme park game video game series, but uh, I have played a bit of Disneyland Adventures in the past. It's not very good, uh, but I can't deny there is some enjoyment to be had in just kind of running around the park and exploring and recognizing stuff from real life. Uh, Scream Ride uh, isn't necessarily a theme park ride either. It's more of a 
roller coaster crash sort of game. Yeah, yeah, it's not quite in the spirit of these other theme park games, but it's it's got roller coasters in it. So there we are, I guess. Uh, something that is more in the spirit of these theme park games, but isn't maybe necessarily something that in, in terms of the type of game that it is, but isn't in terms of you know being grounded in some kind of reality is Jurassic World Evolution, which is uh, yep. made by the people who made Planet Coaster. Yeah. And the uh, they've just made a zoo game as well, right? Is that Planet called zoo. Planet Zoo? Yes. Yeah. Um, so they've made also, a, they made a Jurassic a World game a couple of years ago. Zoo Tycoon on the Xbox One as well. You have, yes. Uh, which is on Xbox Game Pass, which yeah. for people that don't know is, is the closest you can get on the Xbox to kind of a Netflix service. You pay monthly and have this massive library of games to download and uh, Zoo Tycoon and Scream Ride and Disneyland Adventures are all on that service by the yeah, way um, I, I plan on playing a bit of like Zoo Tycoon at some point um, just to see what it's like yeah yeah I've been curious to check that out as well actually but um, yeah th- those are some those are some options for you if you fancy uh, spending some time uh, designing building your own or just running around your own theme park but um yeah there's been something of a renaissance of that for those type of games in the last couple of years but obviously um the older stuff is uh, a lot of that still runs just fine on modern machines and it's still good fun nice cool uh next up on the list oh we've got movies movies films cinemas may be shut but i, I guess the, the the one good thing about the pandemic coming when it has well, I don't know if good thing is maybe the right word way to describe anything to do with this virus, but certainly we can't complain unless our national or international uh, internet infrastructure crumbles under the pressure. But right now, at least, we have uh, plenty of options when it comes to watching TV shows and movies in our own home. And uh, I've kind of got a two-pronged approach to um, oh. movies for theme park fans. You've either got movies that are literally inspired or based on theme park attractions, which we have been through in our theme park film review series. So I'm talking stuff like... (laughs) Yes, absolutely. All of them are top tier, no complaints, from Pirates of the Caribbean to the Country Bears, from the Haunted Mansion to Tomorrowland and Mission to Mars. They are all fantastic. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Um, I don't know how widely available some of those are. I imagine... I mean, if I mean Disney Plus is obviously out in the US, and they claim to have just about everything that Disney have ever put out, and by that logic, you would expect to be able to find on there all of these films, really. Yeah, but I, I don't know if there are Tower of Terror is on there. I I believe, um, right? I don't know about the rest of them. I mean, Pirates is surely on there because people actually like that film. It's whether or not they have the – maybe they're too ashamed of something like the Country Bears to put that on Disney+. Plus. I don't know. Maybe they just pretend it doesn't exist. Well, that's what they do with Song of the South, right? So, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in fairness, (laughs) the Country Bears, uh, they wouldn't be ashamed of that at least. It's not a racist film. It's just – it's just really bad. Um, but then also, I guess, uh, for me at least, there are films 
that aren't inspired by theme parks, but they just make me think of theme parks, mostly because there are rides, lands, attractions, etc., at theme parks that have been inspired by these movies. So I'm thinking a lot of classic universal fare like Jaws and Back to the Future and even something like Men in Black and even more, you know, up-to-date modern stuff like Harry Potter. There is something to be said for... I guess it's testament to just how well recreated the Harry Potter uh, worlds, world of Harry Potter has been at yeah. the Universal Parks that watching the films at this point really does make me think of those theme parks because it's it's so accurate. And something that I don't think I really mentioned last week when I briefly talked about my trip to the Warner Brothers studio tour uh, just before the coronavirus um really swept in in, oh, of course, in a yeah. big way. Uh, and again, it's something that I don't think I mentioned was that in a, in many ways it made me more appreciative of just how good uh, the Harry Potter stuff at Universal is because all the sets and the costumes and the props and everything at the studio tour are all from those movies. They are, you know, surviving artefacts of the production. Yeah, they've done a very good job and, of... And, and the stuff at Universal together. is so accurate and close to everything I saw at the studio tour and yet was all built from scratch in a completely different environment for a completely different purpose. Uh, so I think it's kind of amazing that Universal have done the job that they have done with the, with the Harry Potter worlds at, at the various parks. Uh, but yeah, I think... Um, have, have you got two questions for you, Josh? Have you got a favourite theme park film, uh, i.e. film based on a theme park and have you got another film not based on a theme park that you would say is kind of a uh, a good one to watch at this current time i think uh, so the one that brings me the most nostalgia on the uh film based on the theme park is terror of terror um even though it's not good uh, i think no uh, the best one is obviously pirates by far um but i don't weirdly i don't mind watching the haunted mansion um, like I wouldn't sit down and specifically watch it per se, but right. yeah. Um, if it's on uh, and I'm freaking, I'll, I'll stop and watch some of it, um, or I'll have it on in the background and I'll sing along to uh, the scene where they're out in the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I still thought, like I think it's a bad film, but I I enjoy it. I think it's good fun. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's things to enjoy about it, I guess. Um, and in terms of uh, films uh, that remind me of the theme parks, uh, I think um, Back to the Future always reminds me of me le- getting my legs stuck in the queue uh, of Back to the Future. Oh, I don't think I've heard this story. Um, so I don't know. The, the old queue is still there, but the old queue used to go up upwards, like the zigzag upwards on the outside of the building. Uh, it still does, doesn't it? Uh, only... Like, well, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. It depends on which way they take you. I guess it depends how busy it is, right? Yeah. Um, mm. So, and basically we was waiting out there um, and I decided to put my knee through the bars of the railing. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, and it went in fine um, and then it wouldn't come back out again. Uh, 
So, like, and we've, you've been stuck ever since. I mean, yeah, we, we say we've been recording in person all this time, and today's our first remote podcast. But I guess we've now just exposed the fact that that's a lie. And all this time, you've been recording from the queue of the Simpsons, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm uh, survive on the lard lad donuts and. Are they still, even though the park's closed, are all the video screens in the queue still on a loop? Are you still yeah. hearing oh, yeah. all of the same lines constantly, you know? It's my a dish <laughs> best served cold. Is it ice cream? <laughs> it, it was fun at first, and now it's a, a living nightmare. I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. But um, yeah, you're probably, well, I was about to say, you, you could at least have top up your tan, but you're probably undercover where you're stuck, I guess. Uh, I, I get some sun during the day, but not, you know, yeah. Right. Okay. It's well, actually that's not, not too so bad. bad. Yeah. Uh, Fair enough. But yeah, luckily, uh, I guess luckily, I don't know. Uh, so the, in this queue was like three groups um, and we was the second group uh, and they called us to go in. And that's when I found out that my knee was stuck. Um, uh, and uh, the guy, my dad and uh, the guy next to me who was like an off-duty fireman basically pulled the bar- bars apart so that I could get my knee out oh wow yeah they pulled apart metal bars yeah who are these people <laughs> it's like something Captain America would do well I, I mean bars have quite a lot of flex in them uh, if you if you grab them in the right place so, so it's actually not that not that hard, but I just uh, just bent a metal bar, no big deal. Yeah, I mean they they weren't like super bent. They bent it barely enough so that I could get my my leg out. But yeah, do you think they're still slightly deformed from that to incident? This day. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll have to keep an eye out next time. Yeah. Uh, only other thing worth mentioning is that. As of uh, this podcast coming out, we are just a couple of days away from Disney Plus launching in the UK, which means that we here will all be able to watch, uh, legitimately anyway, the Imagineering story. Yes. Which uh, I've heard very good things about. Uh, yes. So I'd imagine that will uh, that will also be worth a watch for, for Thing Park fans uh, who obviously can't get to the parks yeah, right now. If you're in the US, you can already watch it. Uh, if you're in the UK or uh, I guess Europe, right? Um yeah, I think, you'll be able to yeah. watch it from the end of this, uh, from Monday or Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. I've, I've, yeah, I, I keep sort of losing track, but it's it's early this coming week. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. I guess we'll we'll go on to that more in more depth because you'll watch it then, um, so we can have a discussion. Yeah, we we will we will be bleeding every stone we can find, positively dry. Uh, we definitely did and have talked about the imagining imagineering story previously as you were watching it but yes once i have seen it as well maybe we'll do something on that a bit more substantial yes i think that's uh, good we'll just see how it goes um the final thing uh, on this list that i have thought of myself Ooh. is to maybe and you know i can understand this might be uh, just as um in some ways demoralizing as it is um exciting uh maybe depending on how uh, raw the pain still is but maybe even start looking into your potentially your next trip like oh. once this is over is it worth starting to think about when you might be able to uh, rearrange if you've had to rearrange rearrange a trip to whether it's Florida for Disney World and Universal or California or Japan or wherever it might be where you were perhaps hoping to do a theme park or two yeah, it you know maybe start trying to think about rearranging it, or if you didn't have something on the cards, but maybe 
And I'd imagine, you know, once we're out of the other side of this uh, crisis, um, I'd imagine, uh, for example, yourself, Josh, you weren't necessarily planning a trip to, to Disney World or, or, or anything. Well, 2021 at was going to be my year, I think. Um, that, you, that you went back regardless. And I guess after what could be a tough or what is going to be a tough year for everyone, um, the, the prospect of going back to Disney World is probably even more enticing. Yes, I think so. Um, yeah, I think, and 2021 is the obviously the anniversary of Disney World, 50th anniversary, so that's going to be a big year. So um, I'd expect it to be a very uh, jubilant occasion. Yeah, uh, obviously it's, it's hard, nigh on impossible to go into super specifics about aspects of planning a trip right now because everything is so unknown and up in the air. Yeah, uh, Pen- pencil it, we really in, don't know. Pencil in uh, rides that you really want to do, uh, fast passes that you'll potentially want to get, uh, eateries that you want to try or that you, you must have because you've had it before and it's like that is the holiday dinner of choice. Um, get all those things written down, ready to go for when uh, the band finally lifts. Yeah, and, and you know, if there was to be a silver lining to the park shutting now, it might be that, I, you know, I realise some people who maybe live in Florida or more locally or go to the parks uh not just the florida ones as i said as well but people who maybe can get to the parks more regularly this might not be such a big uh, a big point but for someone perhaps like myself who at this point may only go back every couple of years uh i was already looking forward to plenty of new stuff uh this year that uh, has opened since i last went but if i for example were now to go next year there could feasibly be even more new stuff uh yeah. so that might not be a bad way of looking at it you know like there could you know we don't know the exact time scales on on all this stuff but you know the jurassic park coaster or the guardians coaster i mean that stuff is probably opening within the next 12 to 18 months if construction is able to continue to an extent during this so it's not impossible that when the parks when you next have an opportunity to go to the parks uh there will be even more new stuff to to experience so yeah i I thought maybe um starting to think about when you might be able to go once this is all over might be a a nice way of giving yourself a light at the end of the tunnel, even if we don't yeah. know how long the tunnel is going to be. Um, and I guess uh, one last thing for me, there's a YouTube channel that I really like called martinsvids.net, um, all spelled out. Um, I first found it uh, for his version of Muppet Vision 3D, but in 2D. Um, yeah. And he has uh, long-form versions of a lot of the uh, rides and shows and that sort of thing, so they're really interesting to watch. Um, so maybe if you haven't been before you can um, watch those and catch a glimpse of things that you might want to do in person yeah absolutely that would be cool Uh, yeah something very very specific and again maybe something I could dump in the show notes but (laughs) I was scrolling through Reddit this morning as I do and uh, somewhat randomly on the iPhone subreddit someone was uh, basically trying to make a point of how good the video is on the iPhone uh, 11 Pro or whatever it was that he had. Pro Max he, XL. He, he was showcasing, <laughs> yeah, uh, he he was showcasing it through a, a video um, that he had edited on the phone based on footage he had filmed during a, a holiday to Disney World, which had just ended before. Um, oh, cool. 
the outbreak started then i watched that and it made me think oh yeah i do really like disney world it's a cool place to be <laughs> uh, so yeah youtube videos as you say definitely a a nice way of reminding yourself of uh, the fun that is to be had once we can go back yeah definitely i think uh, if you can get some of them links in the show notes that'd be cool um i've yes. sent i've sent them all uh, over to you tom but Oh, okay. So the pressure's on me. Yes. I'm, I'm, I better not forget. No. Okay. Cool. I will try not to. Um, that's going to do it, I think, Josh. Unless you've got anything else that you can think of for ways in which Think Park fans can uh, get well, through this. I guess just one last thing, really. Uh, continue to listen to the Park Rush podcast. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I certainly will. <laughs> How else am I going to fan this ego? Exactly. Um, yeah, if you do want to keep listening to the Parkrush podcast and you haven't already subscribed to the show, you can do so on your preferred podcasting app of choice. Uh, and you can also find every episode and some handy playlists at parkrush.com. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. I will admit the Instagram page will probably uh, not see too much love over the coming weeks and months, but you can still find it at Parkrush Podcast. We'll try and be a bit more active on the Twitters which is also at Park Crush Podcast. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you can email the show. It's podcast at parkrush.com. And I, I wasn't sure whether to mention this. There have been, I've tentatively been thinking uh, about maybe doing some Thing Park video game uh, streaming yeah. uh, during this whole uh, situation. Uh, I am back to work uh, as of this podcast coming out I'm back to work this coming Monday uh, and so it's not as if I it's, I don't have unlimited free time to do streaming but I do just by sort of getting commutes out of my day I do have a lot more time um, to commit to stuff like games so yeah I, I've been thinking about doing some streaming uh, it might be something that we're both able to to do together we're, we're thinking about it basically no guarantees but uh, it might be something we 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 do at some yeah, point. Yeah, if we manage to do it, that'd be really cool. If uh, we don't, then uh, I think no one will be missing out, particularly. <laughs> no, exactly. No one will be missing out, but equally, yeah, I just thought it might be a nice sort of way of like building up to the Thing Park game review episodes that we do on the podcast. Yeah, sort of a, a, a look behind the curtain of um, how we sort of play those games before we then podcast about them. Uh, but yeah, um, no promises, but it's it's something that's on potentially on the agenda. Cool. Uh, well, everybody, uh, stay indoors, obviously. Uh, if you have to go out, if it's necessary to go out, uh, stay away from others. Don't shake hands, hug, no kisses, wash hands. Um, don't go to the pub. Yeah. Keep it straight. Uh, Self-isolate. Oh, very nice. And remember... If you've got a cough, if you can't breathe, you got a fever, you know what that means. You got coronavirus. Till next week, goodbye. Goodbye.